Alternative Nudia in the afternoon here with you. I'm going to talk about a story right now, and I have some special guests in the studio. Something that keeps popping up on my timeline is it's a report about discrimination in police traffic stops. So I'm joined by my colleagues right now from WBEZ in the studio. I do have Matt Kiefer with us. Hello. Hey, Nudia a data edit- editor at BEZ and Michael Liptrot, a reporter with WBEZ who has worked on this project. Hey guys. Thank you for having me. No, it's good for you guys to be here. Again, I feel like this is very topical in the city right now. And since our sister station has been working on this story and these developments, I think it's important to have it here on Vocalo and for us to kind of talk about it. So first, a little background. In 2023, Illinois passed a measure sponsored by then-State Senator Barack Obama to gather details of every police stop in the state, including the driver's race or ethnicity. Now, 20 years later, the investigative project on race and equality on WBEZ collected and analyzed over 42 million records of traffic stop data that were collected under the law covering more than a thousand towns and cities across Illinois. They even built a database around the information. What they found was that the percentage of black drivers stopped by police continues to rise. They also found that a record number of law enforcement agencies are ignoring the law and that the state has been unable to turn things around. Matt, let's take this all the way back. What was going on 20 years ago that inspired then-Senator Barack Obama to sponsor the bill? Yeah, it's important to really think about what was going on at the time. There was a lot of, like, anecdotal observation and individual experiences about the concept of driving while black, and that was a well-known thing. But at the time, there wasn't really, like, good record-keeping or statistics around that. And so you can picture it's, like, the early 2000s, and there's a lot of you know, kind of like computer record keeping coming online. And so this was the idea, like, let's just start a database and keep track of these things so that over time you can start to see these patterns. And fast forward 20 years, now we have 42 million traffic stops we can look at and we can analyze those patterns over time and across the whole state of Illinois. And so the Illinois Traffic Stop Statistical Study Act was passed. What do they hope would be the outcome of the passage back then, 20 years ago? So, yeah, there were a lot of recognized disparities at the time, but over time, you would expect to see some things changing, or at least you could analyze it and understand what the trends were and if things were getting better or worse or staying the same. And so the expectation at the time was that local communities could use this information to change their policing practices as necessary to kind of, you know, calibrate their training and see if officers needed to have like implicit bias training and that sort of thing. So that was the hope of it. And in the long run, we're seeing that actually the number, the percentage of black drivers of the total has been increasing quite a bit in recent years, especially. Yeah. So looking at the statistics that came out, black drivers accounted for 30 percent of all traffic stops statewide, up from nearly 18 percent in uh, 20. 2004, uh, the year, the first year the data was released. So it looks like holding the police accountable for reporting these numbers didn't result in the improvement that ultimately everyone was kind of hoping for. Is that accurate? 
Yeah, it's it's more or less uh, going backwards, you could say, because the the rate has increased, uh, the or the percentage of black drivers of the total is, has increased. And so if you think about it, there's a lot of numbers in the mix there, but if you think about it as sort of like the slice of the pie, the black population in Illinois is around 13, 14%. The, the num uh, black adults take up about 13 or 14% of the adult population in Illinois. And so for 31%, you picture like, you know, that's a much bigger slice of the pie in terms of traffic stops. So there's some over-representation in terms of who's getting stopped. And now, Michael, you spent time in the community talking to people about their experiences with traffic stops, including Edward Robinson at the Buddy Bear Car Wash in the Austin neighborhood. Right. Let's listen to some of what he had to say. A lot of times it's not because I'm doing anything in particular. It's just probably a lot of times because of how young I look, I might be driving a nice car or whatever, you know, and they'll pull me over and they want to immediately search the car. No smell of marijuana, all my documents is in order, license and everything. So why I got to get out of my car? Why you got to search it? You know what I mean? You know, you find no gun and then you let me go, right? No real purpose for the traffic stop. Busted light or you didn't signal or you're riding a bike lane, whatever reason, right? You know, so it's always just like weird like that, bro. Especially with my demographic of people. Can you walk us through a specific time? I was picking my kid up from school and you know, uh, trying to, you know, I don't know if you got kids, but at the school, kids want to eat, they want to use the bathroom. And so um, I'm taking my kid home. I probably was doing a little over the speed limit, possibly, right? But the police, I rode past the police, right? They can clearly see me in the car with a kid and they pulled me over. Again, don't ask for my license or none of that. Do I have a FOIA card in front of my kid? You know, after the traffic stop, I gotta explain to my kid what a FOIA card is and what's that indicative of. You know what I mean? But um, nevertheless, it was a, I didn't get a ticket or nothing, but it was a first experience for him and a pretty uh, negative one. You know, I offer sound advice on how to approach cops or how to interact with them when pulled over. But the best um, way that I can show him was an example like yesterday. You know, was how I interact with them, you feel me? I always try to be the message that I bring. So, man, you see how your daddy just handled that? That's how you deal with the police, man. Just be respectful, man. You know, um, let them do their job, especially if you know you ain't done nothing wrong. You got your ducks in a row. Just go through the proper procedure, that, that little song and dance. They trying to put you through and get on up out of there, you know? So basically, no hassle. Don't give them no hassle. Does more police in the area make you feel safer? No. Nope. In fact, um, it, it makes me, I don't know, it, it's almost like a gang. Like when you see a lot of, when you see like one or two gang members, they're not that powerful. But when it's numbers, they become more, right, with that mindset. And so now that there's more cops on the street, I feel like it kind of gives them like empower, empowerment, right? Kind of like a more of a bully mindset. It's a lot of us now, so we're going to really, right, um, put our put our fleece on y'all neck so it's just weird bro it's a weird dynamic yeah all right thank you Edward. thank you bro. all right that was edward robinson of austin talking about his experiences with traffic stops recorded by michael Liptrot, who's here with us now michael what else did you find out in these communities um talking to people and having these conversations we found out a lot so that was the first saturday of September, we went out to Austin. And the first stop on the trip was at the Buddy Bear Car Wash. And it was just a lot 
of people just starting the weekend out a lot of black and latin drivers out wiping down their cars for the weekend and what stood out to me about speaking to edward was just you could tell those emotions were still very raw mm -hmm. of being stopped the day before picking up your son from school and the community has seen this this to a lot of people this report is revealing something that's new but to people in austin in this police beat that has the highest stops of black drivers in chicago these questions you could tell when i asked about how police the police presence in the area this is nothing new to him and it was good to see that perspective the same way back in the 90s when the video of rodney king came out and you saw what came from a traffic stop to some people that was so alarming and it was earth shattering and some people to see that but to other communities that was nothing new and the biggest thing from this report is just to make sure that this is being revealed and from edward robinson's perspective and hearing his story the reality of the talk that a lot of black and brown households have to have with their children around what to do when you're being stopped by the police, what to do when an officer comes and speaks to you, what to do when you see those lights come on. And for people who heard that clip and don't know what a FOIA card is, that's a firearm owner's identification card. I was going to so, say, I didn't know what that was. Right. So. <laughs> so in the clip, when he's speaking about he's getting pulled over for possibly speeding, and the first thing the, the officer asks him is about a FOIA card, that's essentially asking, do you have a gun on you? Mm -hmm. So that is escalating situation now from you speeding and being pulled over for something that is more standard to now the question is, do you have a firearm on you? And throughout our reporting, that's a question that came up a lot of black drivers who were being stopped. And one of the first questions being asked of them is either do you have a gun? Do you have a FOIA card, which is implying do you have a gun? Or do you have drugs on you? And that pretext of being stopped for something completely unrelated, such as speeding or non-moving violation, like tent on your windows, um, hanging an air freshener, or a light being out, that pretext can be for something greater, like looking for a gun or looking for drugs. And a lot of times that can be based off of stereotyping. And that automatically escalates the situation, right? right. Into like getting maybe a speeding ticket to you know if you need now you need to get out of the vehicle or possibly wanting to search the vehicle or right. some, something that is so far above what you originally stopped for and so let's get back to this conversation i mean you guys found so much in your in your data again we have uh the wbez team with us um michael liptrot and um, Matt Kiefer in studio with us. We're gonna be right back, it's Vocalo Radio. Vocalo Radio, Chicago's only urban alternative, Nudia in the afternoon here with you. If you're just joining us, uh, we just got out of talking about the new data surrounding discriminatory traffic stops in Illinois here with um, some of my colleagues from our sister station WBEZ. I have Matt Kiefer in the studio with us, a data editor with WBEZ, and Michael Liptra also in here with us, a reporter 
with WBEZ who worked on this project. Hello again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So how did these statistics change over the 20 years that the traffic stop data has been collected? Also, during the pandemic, people weren't really driving as much. Did that impact the data? Yeah, we talked about the increase in the disparities over the last like five, six, seven years, going back to the mid 2010s. We also saw things drop off as you'd expect, just total amount of driving dropped off during the pandemic. And it's been creeping back up again to the point where we're over two million traffic stops a year in Illinois again, which is kind of the norm and the way it's always been. So things are going back to the way they were. But one thing that is changing is the number of police departments that are actually submitting the data. That's dropping. So we're down to like four out of five police departments are participating in the study in the last couple of years. So that's not really ideal. You'd want everyone to submit their data so that you'd have a clear picture of things, but that's just not how it's been in the last couple of years. And in June of this year, the American Civil Liberties Union of Illinois filed against the city of Chicago and the Chicago Police Department this week uh, for racial, racial, racially discriminatory traffic stops but this isn't just a city problem according to the data what did the research turn up about what's going on in other parts of the state yeah that's a good question because we were able to kind of exclude chicago and see like what's happening everywhere else there's a thousand police departments in the state of illinois so we wanted to look at the other thousand police departments besides cpd And what we found, we took a look at the census data to get kind of a baseline. And Illinois is roughly 9% black when you subtract Chicago. But the traffic stop numbers show the drivers were 21% black. So again, you have this overrepresentation in who's getting stopped, not just in Chicago, but everywhere else. And in fact, one other really interesting tidbit, we took a look and found that one out of three police departments in Illinois stopped more black drivers last year than who live in that town, the number of adults who live in that town, one out of three. Oh, wow. And a good thing to add, too, with the lawsuit you bring up by the American Civil Liberties Union is the focus on those pretextual stops that we were speaking about earlier. And when you look at stops, not just the totality of stops, but non-moving violations when it comes to tent, having a light out, hanging an air freshener, and stops in general also that Black drivers are overwhelmingly stopped for non-moving violations. And of those stops, a lot are simply warnings. And so when we speak about stops being a pretext for something else, when you see 98% of people being pulled over let go with a warning, and when you look at the amount of people being pulled over whose cars were searched, the real question is, what was the intent of that stop? Was it truly to uh, reprimand or give a citation to someone for whatever minor traffic infraction? Or is that looking for something else, such as looking for guns or drugs? And that is when uh, the American Civil Liberties Union is saying that is a step to an abuse of power. And police departments are abusing power, their power to stop people to look for greater things. And I know your reporting made it clear that many cities and towns in Illinois uh, completed, submitted incomplete traffic stop data. So how accurate do you think these statistics are because they didn't complete their data and give you the full statistics? Yeah, I can tell you all about it. For starters, that 
issue with one out of five police departments not submitting. We also found, which includes large and small police departments, we found uh, the Cook County Sheriff, for example, which includes uh, covers some parts of Chicago, but also almost 100 suburbs right outside of Chicago, that they submitted partial data in several years, I believe 2013, 2018, it was roughly half a year of data, 2019, they missed altogether or were late enough that they didn't get included in the study. And then last year, there was also an issue with them reporting their data to IDOT. It's unclear whether or not the data actually went through, but we only found half a year of data from the Cook County Sheriff last year. That's the third largest law enforcement agency in the state. And so that's yet another issue. Uh, our friends at Injustice Watch and Block Club have previously covered the fact that CPD reports to their dispatch center roughly like 100 or 200,000 traffic stops a year that don't make it into the state reporting. So they take a look at how many traffic stops get logged by the dispatch center versus what makes it downstate. And there's a big, huge difference there. There's a number of issues, but at the end of the day, what we do have is 42 million traffic stops. So we think that's a pretty good sample to do some analysis off of. But what we really want to know is what's missing and why, so that as we're doing our analysis, we can keep that in mind and keep things in context. A big thing with that is just this discussion about statistics and data being missing is from when the law was first passed, it initially had clauses in there to mandate police departments to submit the data. And a lot of that was stripped through just the process of how a bill becomes law. Different people have input and a lot of law enforcement advocates lobby to have that taken out. And so with that, there's no punitive consequences or accountability to make police departments comply. And five years after this law was passed uh, in 2008, an oversight board was set up by IDOT, the Illinois Department of Transportation. And that oversight board really, from inception, wasn't able to get a good foothold on overseeing this. And it's only recently where they have started meeting consistently. So from that aspect, there's a lot that can be done when it comes to police departments being able and following through on submitting their data. Yeah, and here's a report your team uh, filed about police accountability when it comes to these traffic stops. We're going to head to it right now. It's April 7, 2021, around 10 p.m., and James Etienne is sitting in his car near Lower Michigan and Lower Wacker in downtown Chicago. He's talking on his cell phone when he's approached by two uniformed police officers. What you doing? Waiting on somebody or what? Huh? You waiting on somebody? I work at the restaurant. I just finished my shift and I'm just trying to be on the phone right now. Literally. All right, let me get your ID real quick. Did I do something wrong? This is Etienne's fourth time being stopped by police in the last two years. The reason is usually different, but it's often small. Broken taillight, improper display of a license plate. This time, it's for standing in a tow zone, in the middle of the night, in an empty corner of the city. The officer takes Etienne's license back to his squad car to run the check. It's clear they don't give him a ticket. Listen, man, there's been three shootings in a week in this area, so that's why we're out here, so don't, it ain't personal, okay? license. Are you serious? Have a good night, okay? It's a common scene across the state. Black drivers stopped for tiny infractions. Their licenses checked. Sometimes their cars searched. African-Americans are 14% of all adults in Illinois. 
but they were the subjects of almost 31% of police traffic stops statewide in 2022. That's according to an examination of data for more than 42 million traffic stops over the past two decades conducted by WBEZ and the investigative project on race and equity. In Chicago, black drivers were stopped four times as often as white drivers. For Latino drivers, it was twice as often, even though those racial and ethnic groups all make up roughly the same share of the city's adult population. ACLU of Illinois attorney Joshua Levin says the data paints a clear picture of the huge racial imbalance in traffic stops. There can be no dispute that there are massive racial inequalities in who police officers in our state pull over and what kind of treatment those drivers are then subjected to. But Levin says the data doesn't tell us why the racial disparities exist in the first place. That's why he says law enforcement has to work with communities, civil rights activists, and other experts to pinpoint what police practices lead to these disparities. And that's what Levin says the Illinois Traffic Stop Statistical Study Act set out to accomplish. The data is being measured, but it's not yet being used as a tool, which was the whole intent behind the law. But the state isn't even doing a good job collecting the data. And that problem is getting worse, too. In recent years, about one in five police departments have failed to report their traffic stop data, flouting state law. An example, LaGrange in the western suburbs. The police department there didn't submit any data for 2021. And the latest official report has LaGrange down for one single traffic stop last year. Village manager Jack Knight says it's because of staff turnover and computer problems. As soon as we were made aware of it, obviously we took steps to remedy it, but we were unaware up until that point. For 2019, one of the last years that LaGrange did report its data, our analysis shows black drivers made up a higher percentage of individuals stopped compared to their share of the local population. And Latino drivers got tickets more often than white drivers. We asked Knight about those numbers. Your summary of statistics, that's not something that we're aware of, nor do we uh, really spend much time analyzing. I think, you know, there's, as you know, as you work with statistics, there's correlation without causation. Um, there could also be several other factors that play into uh, some of the numbers that you're seeing. In 2008, state leaders launched an oversight board to help make sure police departments report their traffic stop data and work to eliminate racial profiling. The problem is, in the 15 years since it was created, that oversight board hasn't done much. Thank you all for being here. Uh, this is the Racial Profiling Prevention and Data Oversight Board regular meeting. I will call the meeting to order. Phyllis Logan with the NAACP is one of the members of the Racial Profiling Oversight and Data Collection Board. Who's policing the police uh, still? Who is doing the oversight? Even though IDOT is reporting to us the... the this meeting you're uh, hearing from June is a rare occurrence. The board is supposed to meet quarterly. That means the board should have met at least 60 times since it was created. Instead, it has met 12 times, total. And when the board has met, it often lacks the eight members needed to reach a quorum. The board is supposed to have 15 members, eight appointed by the governor, then the four state legislative leaders, the attorney general, the state police director, and the Department of Transportation secretary each appoint one member. But state leaders have failed to make timely appointments. It took five years before the board held its first meeting, and the board didn't meet at all from 2015 through 2021. The board currently has three vacancies. So who has oversight to make sure that, our, that the job is being done? The issue of constantly being stopped is an urgent and active one for James Etienne. He doesn't know when his next traffic stop will happen, but he knows it will. So he has to always be prepared. That's why Etienne carries a folder with him wherever he goes. It includes his car title, bill of sale, and other documents to show police that he's in good standing. He calls it his stay ready folder. 
Being a minority, living in Chicago, I've learned it's better to stay ready than get ready. And by that I mean better to be prepared when someone asks me a question and be able to show them something tangible than rather to have them question me and my integrity and my validity. At the end of Etienne's traffic stop in April 2021, the one in downtown Chicago on Lower Wacker, police told him not to take it personally. But for Etienne and thousands of black drivers across the state, being stopped over and over again is personal. Michael Liptrot, WBEZ. Now, what, if anything, surprised you each about the data that you collected? Sometimes you expect to see something. In this case, we didn't really know what to expect when we took a look at this. Um, I would say the thing that probably surprised me the most was yeah, how much data was missing and the kind of shape and condition it was in. It was hard to work with. It was a lot. Mm. And so it was you know, kind of going back in time and seeing how poorly some records were kept and trying to make an archive out of that and trying to be able to look back at history in a way that wasn't easy. So we really had to kind of stitch it together. So that was, it was surprising to see, you know, just the shape that things were in and how much was missing and the kind of disarray. For me, it was particularly surprising when you look at just all the layers and how complicated this issue is from the focus being a law that passed in 2003, but everything else that's built on to the issue of racial profiling. And as we have discussed, you have a board that is intended to oversee this. And then all the other pieces that are missing from it, the lack of appointments, not being able to reach a quorum, then in holding police accountable, you have loopholes that can be exploited. You have data that's not being submitted. And all these other things to where the issue is glaring, but when it comes to investigating it, when it comes to enacting change and fully tackling the issue, so many obstacles come up from the people and the advocates fighting against this to us investigating. And throughout this, uh, investigation, WBEZ and the Investigative Project on Race and Equity reached out to a lot of offices to get their response to both our findings as well as what accountability looks like. We reached out to uh, the Attorney General's office, Governor Pritzker's office, and weren't able to get direct answers when it comes to addressing this, to addressing the issue. One response we got that was rather substantive is Mayor Brandon Johnson. And right now I'll read some of his statement. He says, Quote, Chicago has a long history of disparities in black and brown communities, especially on the south and west sides. It is disheartening to see that even today, residents in black communities are targeted for traffic stops four times more than others. With my neighborhood, Austin, seeing some of the highest rates of profiling in the state. We will work with the Chicago Police Department to study these disparities and the effects they have on residents. Traffic stop strategy, more transparent, uh, being, being more transparent implementing fair policing models in compliance with the consent decree and hold the CPD accountable for unfair practices. My administration is fully committed to restoring trust and confidence between black and brown communities and the Chicago Police Department to build a more just and inclusive city for all residents. So that quote was from uh, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson. And it was good to get that response. And also a few things being identified within this of what his administration seeks to do when it comes to studying these disparities, making traffic stop strategy more transparent, implement, implementing fair police 
uh, policing models are things that you could look at and see tangible ways of how that could be implemented. As well as in Chicago yesterday, we just had uh, Superintendent Snelling confirmed as CPD's new uh, superintendent. So it's a lot of eyes going to be on how this statement translates to becoming reality. And that kind of goes into our, our last question. You know, the team behind this report actually built a database with the traffic stops and the data that you collected. What do you hope happens with the database? Because obviously it took a lot of time and work. This is 20 years. Um, so what do you hope happens? Yeah, it's a good question. And to your point earlier about what might surprise you from looking at this, well, there's 42 million records in there, and we did the best we could to analyze it, turn it upside down, and look at it every different way. But what we're really planning to do is launch an interactive next week on WBEZ.org where everyone can go and take a look and look up their local police department and see what the trends have been over time and how the numbers break down and see and be, you know, kind of eyes and ears to see is there something in my local town, whether that's CPD or a suburb or downstate, that they see that's notable and they can use that information, they can share that information, they can reach out to us and offer tips. And so I really think the you know releasing and open sourcing that data and making it available to everyone in the public is going to be a really powerful next step for this. Michael? This data in the database is going to be really effective for people who have suspicions and may see what they believe to be uh, disparities in police practices either in their area or in their area compared to uh, a different area. And being able to look in to see, well, I'm from Chicago. I live in XYZ area. I live in one area. Then when I visit Evergreen Park, when I visit Orland Park, when I visit uh, different areas, I see the police presence being different. I see stops happening more. Is that true? Is that is there truly a difference? Am I more likely being a black man driving in certain areas of the city and the state more likely to be stopped with no context, with no true infraction going on? And so that for the people to have that power to look at this data and be able to break down what is happening in different areas of the city, that's going to be a, a useful tool. And for community journalists, and for other journalists also looking to investigate this, this is a great opportunity for collaboration with BEZ and the Investigative Project on Race and Equity to further shine a light on these disparities and tackle the greater, the greater issue. And if you want to find out more, you want to maybe what Michael and Matt were saying, look into your community and exactly what's happening with all this data, you could check out the whole series called Profiled, The State of Traffic Stops in Illinois visit WBEZ.org. And thank you so much for stopping by Vocalo, Matt and Michael. Thanks, Nudia. Thank you.